Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you. Appreciate everyone subscribing, following, listening, and of course, watching the podcast on our 94 WIP YouTube page. Tucker will join me in a few minutes as we really break down and look at and evaluate the Eagles 53 man roster. And it's, it, we know it's evolving. It will change maybe tomorrow or the next day, or certainly before we get to week one or, or week two as the season goes along, but it's always an interesting look at the cut down day. And when the Eagles set their roster and what they have kind of year over year, their average age, all that kind of stuff. And, and really just the things that hit me as I looked at the Eagles roster, the guys they cut, look, Aaron Sipos, the punter is out of here. Kayvon Wallace, who had been a guy they had you know, hoped on for a few years is out of here. The Eagles made some changes at certain spots. You know, Greg Ward, not a big deal. Britton Covey, who was last year, uh, you know, their kick returner, he is, um, and their punt returner, he, he's gone. So the Eagles have made some changes here. They go light at some position. They go heavy. They made a trade yesterday. Here's what hit me the most. Let, let's start with the trade they made yesterday. It really such a Howie Roseman move. I will call him Albert O. I think Tucker in a few minutes may have his correct pronunciation of his last name. He'll be Albert O in Philadelphia, I think, for a while. But the tight end they get from the Denver Broncos coming off a 100-yard receiving game in the final preseason game. Now, he's playing in the final preseason game. It tells you a little bit about where he was within that Broncos roster. You know, I heard Sirianni say yesterday, not many tight ends ever get 100 yards in a preseason game. Well, not many tight ends with some pedigree play the final game of a preseason. So it all, you know, you, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. But I think he's got some ability. He was a good college player. I, I was waiting fantasy-wise for a breakout the last couple of years. I kind of always had my eye on him on the waiver wire to see if he did anything. And it just, it didn't work in Denver. And now he comes to Philadelphia and I like the move. Now there was a clip that went kind of viral yesterday. Mark Schlereth, the former, you know, Bronc, great Bronco and obviously broadcaster, a little clip of, of him showing Alberto's blocking. I was about to say inability, but whatever you want to call it, ability. And he wasn't giving much effort there. So maybe there's other issues with him and why he hasn't you know progressed, but as a receiver, he can make plays and, the Eagles last year, when they lost Dallas Goddard, struggled to get the tight ends in the passing game. They just it just it evaporated. So I think this gives the Eagles an interesting pass catch, pass catching option beyond Dallas Goddard. No one's replacing Goddard, and you're not going to find a guy that could do both things: passing, pass blocking, excuse me, pass catching, and run blocking like Goddard. But Alberto's an interesting guy. I like that trade for the Eagles yesterday before they set the roster. The other things that hit me, just looking at the 53 men, how young they are at corner. I mean, they really, with the release of Greedy Williams, with the injury to McPherson, who's not old, but certainly a little bit younger or a little bit older than these guys, they're super, super young at the cornerback position. I mean, really, they are. Um, You know, between Josh Job, who sounds like he's the first man up outside, to Goodrich, who's now going to back up, you know, Maddox in the slot, to Eli Ricks, to Keely Ringo, very young. It is a de- it's it's interesting how it it's almost like a developmental group, but they're the next man up. So the odds say we're going to see one of these guys. I, I think Ricks has earned Job. Job should be the first backup outside, but I I've been more impressed with Ricks this summer than I was with a guy like Keely Ringo, who probably was a little more highly more highly touted and another Georgia Bulldog. But I think Eli Ricks might be able to play and. It would really change the Eagles' future if they're able to find future starters at the cornerback position 
you know, this way, because none of these guys are high picks. It's like they, they, they haven't spent any capital really on corner. Now the last few years, there's been a lot of rumors. They would, they might like, you know, interested in first round corners. They haven't. I mean, if they could find, you know, just let's use this analogy. Like the Eagles found Jason Peters replacement in Jordan Mailata almost just by just throwing stones and trying to hit something, just, you know, taking a shot late in the draft. And it worked. Mailata's not as good as Peters, but he's certainly a, a good left tackle in the NFL. And we'll see, you know, we'll see how good he, he becomes and sustains, but he's good. He's a good left tackle. And, and for where he was drafted, that is an incredible outcome. If the Eagles can, if just one of these guys becomes a really good player in the NFL, it's a great outcome for the Eagles. And the fact that they're all here, it means they trust them to have to come in. I mean, there is a chance. Maddox is always hurt. So there's a real chance he's not going to play, you know, most of the games this year, all the games. And then, you know, both Bradbury and Slay are over 30. So decline could hit and certainly injury could hit. So I, I just interested. It's just interesting watching them go so young a corner. They obviously they found something and, de- and can develop these guys. The other thing that hit me on the defensive side is where they went heavy. And I, what I mean by that is number, you know, number of players and where they went light. They are super heavy at defensive tackle. It makes me wonder if the Eagles are going to deploy, you know, to maybe stop the run more, if they're going to deploy more three, what is maybe classically defensive tackle sets. And what I, what I mean by that is like in the three, four, you could have DNs that are, are kind of defensive tackles. And then you have a nose who's like the big guy, like Jordan Davis. And then, of course, you have your, your pass rushers standing up on the outside, your sweat, your Redick. And they did it a little bit more last year. But when you have seven defensive tackles, it tells me more than two are going to play at a time. So I, I think we could see a scenario where it's Jordan Davis in the middle and then your ends, but you know, in, in essence, your tackles next to the nose on each side. It could be Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter. And then you have your backups behind that. So they could have six defensive tackles up on game day. And then you have your stand-up guys you know, primarily Reddick and Sweat, and then you throw Nolan Smith in there. And in Brandon Graham, he's done different things in his career. He could put his hand in the ground, or he could just stand up and, and go get the quarterback if you want him to. So it's just interesting how many defensive tackles they took. And then linebacker, you know, the the actual linebacker, not the pass rusher position, they only took three. It's only the Kobe Dean, it's Cunningham, who really earned a spot very quickly, and it's Christian Ellis. So they're going very light there. It also makes me think that the Eagles are going to be in nickel and dime a lot, where there's only maybe one linebacker, maybe extra safety on the field, that they're not worried about an injury in the game where they could be down to just two guys because they're only going to use one or two guys uh, on a lot of downs. So that part of things was was interesting to me. One area that I thought, and I felt this all summer, felt it just watching practices, felt it watching the preseason games, and feel it now when you really see in black and white the final roster and how it looks to the 53 man. They're just not as deep on the offensive line as they have been. I, I just, I don't love the depth on the offensive line as I ha- have in years past. You know, Steen is a guy that probably has a future here and may one day be a starter. So he could become a very important backup as a rookie. But beyond that, I mean, Fred Johnson just got here. All of a sudden he seems like he's a guy they like a lot at the tackle position. I, I don't think Jack Driscoll has improved much from where he was I thought I think it was the pandemic year 2020 was I think his rookie season and he had to play a decent amount because all the injuries they had on the offensive line and I I liked what I saw and the last couple years I haven't been as impressed with him um as I was when he was younger he just seems like he's plateaued and then Opeta is 
is certainly serviceable. And with all of the times that Dickerson has to come out of a game for whatever reason, we'll see Opeta play. I mean, he, he's the one I would say probably the biggest lock to, to play, whether it be just starting a game or, or coming in. It, it's okay. In years past, I thought it's been excellent, their, their, their depth on the offensive line. It doesn't feel that way this year. So that is one every game. I'm going to be holding my breath that those five up front stay healthy because I just don't think it's super deep compared to where it used to be. Um, in terms of the running back room, I'm not surprised Trey Sermon was caught. The, the Trey Sermon thing has been bizarre the last couple of years. It seems like a lot of people just think he's good. I don't know if it's his pedigree in college. I, I, I don't know where he was drafted. I, I don't see it. And I never thought it made any sense for him to make this team over the four backs they have. And I, and I do wonder, you know, as time goes on, because even I said it a few weeks ago with Rashad Penny, that he didn't look super explosive when I watched him in training camp or practice or the preseason games. A part of me wonders if the Rashad Penny thing will be this year's version of LeGarrette Blunt, because there was a lot of conversation in summer of 2017 that LeGarrette Blunt. Maybe he wasn't going to make the team. He wasn't showing much at camp. And he obviously made the team. It wasn't a perfect start to the season. He didn't do much those first couple weeks. And in fact, I don't think he had a carry or, or very little in a work in that second game of that season in Kansas City. And then by the end of the year, you know, he's a gigantic part of the reason why they were so good. I mean, the run he had against the, the Chargers in the fourth week of the season, you know, the touchdown he had against the, the Falcons in, in the divisional round, uh, a good game in the Super Bowl. They they got a Jai, I think, to help kind of keep Blunt fresh for the full thing. It wouldn't surprise me at all if if Rashad Penny is this year's version of LeGarrette Blunt. That he's a guy that has a name. They signed him. Was oh wow, they got this guy on a on a pretty cheap deal. Not super impressive during the summer, and then the season rolls around behind a good offensive line. He's got fresh legs, and for the carries they give him, he's super productive. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Rashad Penny averages. 4.9 or five yards to carry. He's done that as basically his whole career in the NFL. If he has seven or eight touchdowns, I mean, that that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I think Rashad Penny is going to help this team, even though the summer was primarily quiet. And now to look forward to what they're going to do and what they might do, you know, what happens at the kick and punt returner positions? You know, Lamade Zacchaeus has some experience doing it. They could go back to Boston Scott in, in that realm. They could go get someone else because they only have four receivers right now. I, I think a fifth. You know, you need a fifth, you know, whether it be on active or just the practice squad. So Kobe could come back. Greg Ward always is an option to come back. And then all eyes are on the punting situation. This isn't as big of a deal as it would have been in 1999. You know, if Sean Landetta couldn't punt, oh, no. That's not the NFL in 2023. The Eagles will go for it a lot on fourth down, convert a lot on fourth down. But it's going to matter at some point. I mean, part of the reason they lost the Super Bowl is that punt return by Kadarius Toney. So it all matters, but it is a good roster, a tremendous roster, when we're talking about youth at corner, extra defensive tackles. We're talking about fifth receivers, third, fourth running backs, and a punter. Tucker, what would you take away from the Eagles' 53-man roster as they finalized it yesterday? Albert Okuwebanam. Is that it? I that, think that's so. How we do it? Yeah, that that's pretty much been. I don't even know the other two fifty guys on the team. That's really been my my main focus. But I, I think just glancing at the roster briefly, um, it, it's pretty apparent just how different this team looks from a year ago. You know, and, and I always admire this about Howie Roseman. He tends to 
whenever there's a mistake made by the Eagles organization, whether it's him or not, he tends to overcorrect almost in the opposite direction. Anytime they got burned by a player or they, they made a decision and it didn't work out, they almost veer in the complete opposite direction to the point of overcorrecting. And I kind of compare this team to the last team that went to the Super Bowl. And when they had that team, they really hung on. And a lot of those guys are, are still here, right? Guys like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. But instead of trying to rebuild and you know continue with that group, you look at this roster and they have a lot of young guys. And they have a lot of young guys at key positions. They have a lot of young talent backing up older players at, at key positions. Like just look at the cornerback room right now. And you have Bradbury and Slay, but then you have a lot of guys behind them on the depth chart right now. Who I think can play at some point, maybe not right now, but you know, you, you are built for not only the short term, but the long term in that situation. I don't know if you could have really said that in 2018. And maybe the depth isn't there with the offensive line the, the way it has been in years past. And maybe they're kind of just putting all their eggs in, in the uh offensive line coach's basket uh at Stoutland. Maybe they're basically just saying, you know, find the guys you like and coach them up, and hopefully in a year, two, three. These guys are, are what we hope they can be. And they do have some talent, like a guy like Tyler Steen, who, who can certainly be a, a force on the interior of the offensive line. But my big takeaway is that this is a really young team, which I don't think happens a lot when you have a team coming off a, a Super Bowl run. Like the fact that they were able to kind of turn over this roster and, and you know create a, a team that's kind of not just built to win this year with their star talent, but has some intriguing pieces moving forward for 2024 and beyond. I think it's some of Howie Roseman's best work. Now, who knows if it, it works out? We may look silly in four weeks if the Eagles start off one and three, but I feel confident right now watching this team and looking at this roster saying they aren't going to disappear next year. They aren't going to disappear two years down the road. As long as Jalen Hurts stays healthy, they have the pieces around him to, to keep winning and keep this window open for much longer than they did the last time they had this opportunity. Well, I agree with that. And, and last time, it felt like they brought everyone back. Everyone that wanted to come back came back on extra contracts. And and they just, you know, I think of Jay Ajayi, for example, and he's just a running back. But, you know, he they, he came back the next year and they and he was worse. I mean, a lot of those guys were worse. And, and Tucker brought up the point of age. So the Eagles' average age of their roster uh, at, the, at the set, right, when they set it yesterday, it will change slightly as they subtract, add, whatever – but it's 26 years old. And just to put that in perspective, that is younger than the Falcons who have been in a rebuild for a while. It is younger than the Pittsburgh Steelers who have been you know, kind of retooling and rebuilding their team. It is younger than the Carolina Panthers who are obviously a young football team uh, with a rookie quarterback. It is younger than the Jets. Now the Jets average age probably is, is risen by their quarterback, but the Jets have been rebuilding for years and now they're trying to add Rodgers as kind of that final piece of the puzzle. It's just interesting. They're younger than the Texans. The Texans have been rebuilding forever. So the Eagles have have kind of mixed in a lot of youth to the stars they have. It reminds me a little bit of last year what the Chiefs did as they kind of tooled that thing back around. But you know, that brings us back in what Tucker said, the Jalen Hurts factor. That that thing worked in Kansas City, even though they incorporate a lot of youth because Patrick Mahomes is great and Andy Reid's great. So it kind of goes back to if you have the stability of your quarterback and your coach, you could do this. The Eagles think they have it. And uh, it's certainly it's certainly a tremendous roster as we get set for the start of the NFL season. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP, and of course watching at our 94 WIP YouTube page. We'll talk soon. Thank you.